Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Would you say this with me today? I receive the Word of God, the prophet me, reproof me, convict me, instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I was praying a few weeks ago and the Lord spoke to me that this year was going to be a year of God showing his might in an unprecedented way. I came in and I just started worshiping the Lord saying, you're a mighty God. And the Lord spoke to me and said, the more you uh, declare I'm a mighty God, the more I'm going to show my might, you know, uh, for you. And then he said, in fact, you know, I want you to tell the people that this year I'm going to show my might to them in an unprecedented way. And one of the words that God gave Brother Jerry Savelle, which kind of goes along the same way, but this is a year of progressing, advancing, experiencing promotion, and seeing your highest expectation fulfilled. Well, we know it's going to take God to do that. Amen. And in order for us to do that, one of the things that we want to do is we want to talk about vision. Why is vision so important? Well, if you've ever done any type of, of been in, in a part of an organization, one of the things that they keep before you is their vision. We have a 501c3, and when we sit down and have a board meeting, we talk about what is our vision, because we want to see that we're following that vision. So vision gives you something to follow. Vision gives you something to adhere to. So that's why it's so important. You know, one of the things that we can do is we can be good at a lot of things, but we can be great at a few things. Let me say that again. We can be good at a lot of things. And if we don't have vision, we can get distracted and do a lot of good things. But you know what? God puts a vision in you for the purpose of getting you to that place so that you can do great things. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, I can do this and I can do that. Yeah, there's a lot of things we can do. And sometimes there are times where we... We do do other things that maybe it's not our gifting or our calling to fill in. But, you know, nevertheless, God has gifted each and every one of you for a purpose. And that gifting and that purpose that God created you was created, you know, at the beginning of the foundations of the world. You have been designed for such a time as this. You have been divinely designed for such a time as this to carry out the will and plans of God. Well, how do you do that unless you get some direction or you get some vision. So that's why it tells us in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on the tablets that he may run who reads it. The Message Bible explains it a little better by saying it like this. And then God answered, write this, write what you see. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. So the vision, the message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow and coming away, it's on its way. It will come right on time. And so your vision should be so much a part of you that, you know, you have it written out. You have it in such a way that people... You know, when they're, when they're looking at you, they go, what are you doing? Well, I'm following my vision. I'm following the plan of God for my life. I'm doing, oh, what is your vision? Well, this is my vision. This is what I'm planning on doing. This is what I'm anticipating to take place in the next year or in the next six months or in the next three months. 
You know, how many of you go to the grocery store and get in your car without having a vision of going there first? You already have a preconceived idea of how to get there, don't you? Most of us do before we ever start the car, before we ever leave, how we're going to get there. Well, what would happen if you didn't have a preconceived idea of not knowing how to get to the grocery store? Well, you may end up in being at a different store that doesn't have what you need. And the same principle applies with your walk with God. If you don't have a preconceived idea or some simulation of an idea where God wants to take you, and I understand there's times that you step out in faith, you know, you have an idea that God wants to get you somewhere, and sometimes you don't know how, but, but most of the time, God wants to give you a preconceived idea how to get you to a place where he can meet your needs abundantly. And that's the key right there. That's why it's so important that we... We have visions. Now, Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. I believe one reason why they get perished is because they're just like the children of Israel were in the desert for 40 years. They're just wandering. They're just wandering. And the reason why I bring that out and why I think that's so important, because in Psalm 78, we read about one of the things that hindered God from being able to bless them is that it says there in Psalm 78, they limited God. And how did they limit God? Because they didn't have a good understanding or they didn't have a good vision of what God wanted to do for them. They were still caught. Their vision was still caught in the past. They were still living this victim mentality. How do you know that, Pastor? Because in Numbers chapter 13, when they came back, the spies came back from spying out the land, they said, well, you know, you brought us out here so we can die in the wilderness, that we're victims out here in the wilderness. They had a victim mentality. And see, a victim mentality will never have a vision for victory. A victim mentality will always live in the past. And so that's why it's important that you get in the presence of God and say, what do you have? Because Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that God thinks good thoughts for you. He has a future for you. And God has a future for each and every one of you. And there's not anyone here that's blowing it so bad that God can't redeem you and restore you and get you back on track. I'm going to say that again. There's not anyone here. There's not anybody watching online. There's not anybody in the world that God can't redeem and restore and get them back on track for their plans. Look what he did for Paul, who was Saul. You know, if God has to knock some people off their horse, you know, to get their attention, he can still do that. Help me preach this, somebody. That's what God can do. God's more than capable of getting people back on track. And so we need to know that God has a plan for us and a vision for us. And thank God for Ananias who, who got a vision from God to go to Paul, who was Saul. And he's like, oh, wait a minute now. <laughs> you know, man, I, I said I'd lay my life down for you, Lord. But you want me to go to this guy who's putting Christians or, or, or believers, they were Jewish believers at the time, and je- you want me to go? You, you want? And the Lord said, no. Let, thank God that he got that vision. Found out that was his purpose to be able to. To do those things. So we thank God for that. Amen. So this is why vision is so important. So if there's no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. In other words, you know, another way of saying this is God's going to give you vision. But he's going to teach you how to apply his word to walk in that vision. He that keepeth the law. Well, again, the Message Bible says it a little more clearer by saying it like this. If people can't 
if people can't see what God is doing, they will stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, see, you have to attend to it. Attend to what he reveals. They are most blessed. The Passion Bible says it like this. When there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss will fill your soul. So God wants you to have a vision. He's, he's putting vision in you. You say, well, you know, I don't know if God's really shown me anything. He probably has, but what happens so many times is that people through association sometimes feel like their vision is not a vision from God because it's not my vision. Or it's not somebody else's vision that they respect. Well, I don't think, I don't think my vision compares to you. That's why it's so important to get away. My vision is going to be different than your vision because my calling is different than your calling. My purpose in this life is different than your purpose in life. And so God's going to give you a vision. He's given the church a vision as a whole, but he's going to give you a vision for to fulfill your purpose and the plans that he has for your life, to take you to that next step that he has created for you from the beginning of the foundation of the world. And so that's why he wants you to have this vision. But so many times people think, well, you know, I need to have a vision like Pastor Tom or Pastor Vicky or Kenneth Copeland or Jerry Savelle. Well, isn't that something I put us in that category? But anyway, uh, you know, I need to have a vision like that in order for me to do something for God. No, 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 no. You're not all called to do those things. You've got to find out that your vision's for your purpose, that God's called you for your divine purpose. And so, so many times God gives, gives people visions, but then they think, well, it's not, it doesn't amount to anything. Oh, yes, it does. It's very, very important. Even though even the most minute protein and, and, and those little mitochondrias inside the cell that is just a, you can't even see it without a microscope, those things are important in your body. Things that you can't even see are important in your body. You know, and if they don't do their part, then they can't supply to the next part, which can't supply to the next part. And this is why it's so important that we all get our vision because your vision is very important to the kingdom of God. And so this is why people perish is because they feel like when well, my vision is important or I don't have a vision or God hasn't given me a vision. Yes, he has. You just need to step back and humble yourself and say, God, what is your purpose for my life? You know, so many times, you know, it, it, you've heard my testimony, but I'm going to share it again. But when I first got into the ministry, because I was so touched by R.W. Shambach, I thought that was my calling. So I went out and bought a truck and I bought a tent. I was going to be the next R.W. Shambach. And my wife was supporting me all the way. After our first revival, my truck and my tent got stolen. <laughs> But it was through that process, and we did get it restored, but it was through that process that God revealed to me that he didn't call me to be an evangelist. In fact, the truth is, a few years ago, God spoke to me and said, I want you to develop the teaching gift. And I was a little disappointed. 
Because I like to preach, man. I, I like to get out there and just mm, get excited and passion with the message and sweat running off my forehead when I'm preaching and giving the word of God and seeing people jump out of their seats and say amen and run around the church. And, you know, but God said, no, I want you to develop the teaching gift. You know, and so I have worked on developing that teaching gift. And this is what God spoke to me, to begin to teach and expound on the Word of God. Yes, I still love to preach. I still love to get people motivated and things like that. But he spoke to me to do this. And, this, and so part of the vision that God's given me is to take the Word and teach the Word in different places and different circles. And so you've got to write the vision down so that people can see or that you can stay, number one, focus on the vision. So when we have a board meeting or something like that, one of the things we like to do a lot of times in certain organizations, we just like to read the vision out so that all the board can stay focused. Well, why should we have a center where we can help somebody who's already doing it? That's not our vision. We can spend all our time trying to do something that's good. That's good. Hey, hey I applaud. I thank God for people who are called to do that. I applaud them. But, you know, it can, we could can get distracted off of our purpose of being the revival hub of mid-America. Come on, somebody. That's what's been spoken over us, to bring life back into this community, to get this community back to where they're really calling themselves the city of the dove. We were founded on a move of God. God has sanctified this area for him to show his glory to all of us. And so that's our vision, to bring revival. And so we can get so distracted on doing good things. So that's why it's important that you write the vision down so that you can stay focused on what God has shown you. Because it's so easy, because you're good people. Hello, somebody. Tell your neighbor I'm talking about you. You're good people, and you all want to do good things. But you know what? we got to find out what we're really called to do. And that's why I said you can do a lot of things good, but you're going to do a few things great. And that's what God's trying to do. He's trying to get us, you know, kind of uh, more sanctified, more, more solidified in what our purpose and calling is so we can do great things, not just good things. Am I helping somebody today? So vision enhance and validates your callings and your giftings. So what God has revealed to us and what God has revealed to you. Well, what God has revealed to us should parallel or enhance your vision. And what has God revealed to us? That he's a mighty God. That God's going to show his might in an unprecedented way. So it's going to take God to fulfill that vision that he's put in your heart. If you can do it in your own strength, there's a very good chance it's not God. Let me encourage you. You know, learn to really trust God. You say, well, you know, I can do this. Praise God, that's wonderful. You know, certain things you can do. I can do this. But what if God wants you to do more? Well, that's beyond my scope. Well, that's where God wants you, beyond your ability. He wants to reveal his ability to you. And that's why he gives you a vision that's beyond you for most of us. The vision in this house, you know, I, I shared with my wife some of the things that God's put in my heart. And one day we were with staff. I said, can I, can I tell staff? She said, I don't think they can handle it. It's too early. But I'm telling you, God's got some big things. I'm telling you, there's some big things in me that God wants to see and do. It's going to take a mighty God, and he's going to have to show his might in an unprecedented way for God to do some things. Now, last year, I shared with you, agree with us, for an increase of $150,000. Well, we had an increase of $71,000. I thank God for that. Are you disappointed? No, I'm not disappointed. Amen. 
And so this year, I'm believing for this church to see, and I'm praying every day, I'm thanking God for that this year, that we're going to see a million dollars come in our tithes and offerings this year. A million dollars, okay? And the Lord said, what if I want to do more? I said, go ahead. So I said, at least a million dollars. Now, I've got faith for it now because of what he's done last year. You know, I'm not exactly where our bound, our, our budget or whatever came in, four or 500000 last year or so. I'm not real sure. But, but whatever it was, you know, I've got faith for that million now. But it took me to get to that place to get to that next place. I'm stretched out there because there's some offices we need to build here. And we have an academy we need to build. And I don't know if you, you notice this, but, you know, buildings got more expensive. In fact, the last time we talked to a commercial builder, it's $350 a square foot. You know, I, I don't know how you can not build an academy without it being something like, you know, 12 or $15 million. Well, I don't have 12 or $15 million. Anybody here have 12 or $15 million? See me after church. I'll show you, tell you how to write a check. Amen. I don't have that. But, you know, it's going to take God to do that. But I have vision for it. But then it's going to take this word, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Or it's going to take God's, like the, the word that God gave me, you know, I'm going to show my might in an unprecedented way. How many of you know that if we get 12 or $15 million to build an academy, that's the God showing his might to us? Amen? Glory to God. So it's going to take that word that he gave to us corporately to see what he's put into my heart, you know, to come to pass. And then Brother Jerry got this word for 2024, and that's progressing. Progressing, advancing, experiencing promotion, seeing your highest expectation fulfilled. It's going to take part of that to see the vision that God's given you to come to pass. So they're parallel. So the vision of this house and what God's saying is parallel to help you fulfill your vision. Let me just share this. Because you are, you are a tither and because you have given into this ministry, you have sown into your vision coming to pass. Because when you sown into another man's field or when you sow into another ministry, then you have sown for that vision to come to pass. Well, then you have now a biblical covenant because the law of prosperity or the law of giving puts you in a place of having a covenant with God that you can expect God to provide and supply for your vision. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In other words, you're partners. You're partners with a successful ministry. Amen. So one of the things that we have to do with these visions is that we have to, number one, hold fast to our confession. Now, Psalms chapter 50, verse 23, the King James says it like this because it really explains it so much better. It says, who so offereth praise glorifies me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. In other words, God will demonstrate or will reveal to you what you are ordering in your conversation. That word order, it means to put or put in place or to appoint or to make. It's a military term. One of the scriptures that uses that same Hebrew word, don't ask me to pronounce it, but that same Hebrew word is Genesis 2.8 when it says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. 
other words, that was an order. God established something. He put in order. He established. Order means to put in place or to set in motion. So let me ask you something. When you're, when you're ordering something online, what are you doing? First of all, you go into your internet search and you find out if they have what you're looking for. You know, and if you're like me, they have other things you're not looking for and you buy them anyway. Well, I'll take that. Yeah, I don't need it, but I'll take it, you know. But, you know, you can't, you can't order something that's not available, right? So you go online and you look for something and, and, and when you order it, what does it do? It puts in motion what you have ordered. Well, the same thing with your words. You go to the menu called the Bible and you find out if it has what you want. Come on, somebody. And then you order it with your conversation. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll walk in divine health. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll let God bless me. Yeah, I'll declare that God is not only restoring, but that my harvest is coming. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll declare that. I'll, I'll declare what the Word of God says about my situation, that I'm the head and not the tail, that I'm above only and not beneath. Hallelujah. That I'm blessed in the city, blessed coming in. Glory to God that everything I put my hands to shall prosper. That's called the favor of God. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll order that. How am I ordering that? By speaking it out. I, I put it in motion by ordering my conversations. And my conversations, as I order them, they, they put in motion the salvation of God or the manifestation of God's promises in my life. So let's look at that scripture one more time. Am I helping somebody this morning? So Psalms 50, 23, whosoever ordereth or offereth praise glorifies me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright, ordereth his conversation aright. You know, it's so important sometimes that we have to ask ourselves, you know, are we saying the right things? Is that very, is that important? Absolutely is important. It's important that we speak the right things because our words put in motion what God has for us. Our words put in motion what God has for us. Well, let me ask you this. How many of you have gone to a restaurant and you went in there and you didn't look at the menu and you said, um, hey, I want prime rib, lobster, a baked potato, and asparagus? And they go, well, we don't have prime rib. We don't have lobster tail. We have baked potato, but we don't have any asparagus. Well, why can't you give that to me? Because it's not on the menu. You got to look at the menu first. Same thing with the Word of God. You got to look at the Word of God first. If it's on the menu, you can order it. And once you order it, guess what? You know, I don't know how it all works. You know, I just see him take my little order back to the back, and then it comes back to me for what I ordered. And if it's, not what, if it's not what you ordered, what do you do? Send it back. Or if it's not cooked the way you wanted it cooked, or if it doesn't taste good, what do you do? Send it back. Amen. But aren't you glad that when you order something according to the Word of God, it comes out right the first time? Isn't that wonderful? So again, you've got to 
You got to order. You got, you put in, you, it's a military term. You put in place by speaking with authority. I demand or I declare that the goodness of God is overtaking me. Isn't that what it says in Malachi? That when you tithe that the blessing of the Lord will overtake you? Amen. I declare the blessing of the Lord's overtaking me. I declare I have the favor of God. I declare I'll never be sick another day in my life. I declare that he sent his word and he healed me and his word became flesh and by his stripes I'm healed. I'm, I'm, I'm putting in order the things that God says is in the menu. Those things which are mine. I've ordered my conversation right and now he is showing me what he plans to do or what he has for me. All I got to do is order it. But the wonderful thing about ordering from the Word of God is that, you know, you won't ever get a check for it. It's already been paid for. You ever gone out with somebody and, uh, you know, they're going to buy your dinner and the first thing you do is you look at all the prices and then you decide what you're going to eat by based on all the prices because you don't look like you're greedy. And they go, um, don't read the menu from the right to the left. Get what you want. Yeah, but, uh, I, 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 you know, very few people jump on it. Some do, but most don't. Well, you know, I don't want to, you know, I appreciate you buying this for me, but, you know, I, you know, I think I'll get what uh, I think is kind of affordable or makes me look humble. Not me. Somebody says, don't look from the right to the left. All right, I want the prime rib. Mm, come on, somebody. Hello. I, I take them at their word. You know, they, they shouldn't have told me that. But you know, they told me that because they want to bless me. Well, do you want to be blessed? Then you're going to have to receive it. Quit ordering based on how much it costs. Come on. Order it based on it's already been provided. So the Bible is your menu. So it's important that we speak the right thing. You know, we... We put our lives in motion by what we speak. James chapter 3, verse 3 says, Behold, we put bits in a horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn, their whole, turn about their whole body. Well, how many of you feel like sometimes God probably needs to put a Holy Ghost bit in your mouth? Hmm? Hello, Lord. Help me not to talk about the circumstances but help me to speak what your word says. Help me not complain. You know, the biggest challenge for most word of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, unfire believers in the area of their confession is after the waited so, uh, uh, a period of time, their confession is, well, I don't know why I haven't gotten it yet. Hmm. Now, my Bible says, tell your neighbor, he's talking about you. He's talking about your Bible. My Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, 14 and 15, if I ask anything according to his will, that he hears us. But if I plead and I cry and I give and I pray enough, it might come to pass. No, my Bible doesn't say that. My Bible says, if I prayed according to his will, then I have. I have this confidence that I have those things which I prayed, that I have. So when God answers Daniel's prayer, if you know the story, 
you don't know the story, I'll tell you. Thank you. One person read the Bible in this place. No, when he prayed it, God answered it when he told him. He said, I know it took 21 days, but we had some spiritual hindrances. He said, but I answered the prayer when you prayed it. When did God answer your prayer? When you prayed it. So why are you saying, oh, I don't know why it's taking, I don't know why I don't God, I don't know. You know, we need to put a bit in our mouth and quit saying, I don't know why. We need to start saying, I know God has. I may not know when, I may not know how, but I know God has. Amen? I mean, if the, if the menu says in 1 Peter 1, 3, according to his divine power, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, well then, if the menu says that we can have that, then let's order it. Well, I have all things that pertain to life and godliness. You have everything you need to be successful. He'll make sure you have everything that you need to be successful. You know, our son's talking about going into business, you know, and uh, he starts talking about certain things, and, and then I jump in there, and I go, well, I'll buy this for you, and I'll get that for you, and I'll do this. If you want to do that business, I'll buy this, and I'll buy that, you know? And uh, why would I do that for him? You know, he's just a rotten old son. No, man, he's... I want him to be successful. I want to give him the tools. I want to help equip him to fulfill those things that, that for him to be successful. Well, if I know how to do that for my son, you know, he's a good son. He's only a rotten son when he's Vicky's son. <laughs> anyway, no, he's a good kid. But, you know, I, because I love, I want the best for him. How much more does your heavenly father want to do for you? In fact, he's already ordered it for you. So you need to order your conversation to be right, be in line with God's plan and God's vision for your life. That's so important. Sometimes we're going to have to ask God, put a bit in my mouth. Lord, help me. God, forgive me for I just command, you know, sometimes you'll hear me pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every ungodly word spoken to me and through me. I break the power of it. But then you'll hear me pray, but Father, I set myself in agreement for every godly word spoken to me and through me according to your will and plans and purposes for my life. Because I believe that. See, I take authority over those negative words that I've said. You know, I'm not perfect in this. I'm working on it myself, but I'm really believing God for, for some greater things. And I know he's a mighty God. That's why I'm worshiping every morning. You're a mighty God. I mean, almost every time I wait, first, boy, you're a mighty God. You're a mighty God. You're going to show us. You're going to demonstrate your might in an unprecedented way. And I tell you, when he spoke that to me, I just can't quit saying it because I know that's his plan for my life. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty, he's, he's an awesome God. He's a powerful God. And you know, the more you talk about God, the more you'll see what you're talking about God manifest in your life. You really will. That's why, you know, the Lord's Prayer is so powerful. Hallowed be thy name. The word hallowed means to honor, to give reverence to, the name of God. Now, the name of Jesus represents all the names of God. You know, he's a healer, he's a deliverer, you know, a, He'll bless you. He's a blesser, you know, and all those things. But, you know, when you really start knowing the names of God, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth me, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord's my shepherd. 
And you begin to personalize who he is in your life, that's who he'll become in your life. Because you're ordering your conversation right. And when you make your conversation right, then he will show you the salvation of what you're saying. Praise God. I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself this morning. Man, dear Lord, I may have to repent after this message. And some things I may have said that don't line up with the will of God. <clears throat> Lord, forgive me. I don't want to say anything that doesn't line up that hinders the plans of God for my life. James 3, verses 13 says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him out of a good conversation. Out of a what? Good conversation. Let him show out of a good conversation his work with meekness and wisdom. So a wise man's a skilled man. See, your skills come from the word that God's given you. Now, you know, when I was, when I was studying for this, the Lord spoke to me to, to share this scripture with you. But I forgot to write it down, but I know where it's at, Matthew 15. Starting with verse 1. Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus and said, Why do your disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. What are they asking? Why do they transgress the what? Traditions. Nothing about the word, but the traditions. These are things we've been doing for the last 50 years. Why aren't they doing them? How come they're not doing what we're doing? Well, because they want to get different results. Sometimes if you want to get different results, you've got to do things different than other people are doing. Hello. Instead of complaining about the economy, say, I'm getting blessed in this economy. Hallelujah. God before me, who can be against me? Glory to God. And he answered him and says, well, why do you transgress the commandments of God? You know, I tell you what, you probably want to be real careful challenging Jesus let me encourage you if you do it do it privately <laughs> he said why are you why are you transgressing the word you're talking about traditions you guys transgress the words you bunch of knuckleheads you for you command it saying honor your father and your mother and he who curses his father and mother let me put to death but you say whoever says to his father and mother Whatever profit you might have received from them, that's a gift of God. Other words, you've given children an excuse not to honor your parents. And one of the meanings of honoring your parents is to make sure they're taken care of in their older age. Amen? I'm doing good this morning. Then he need not to honor his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your traditions. I think the Amplified Bible says, because of your traditions, you made the word of God void. See, we can get caught up in tradition. Well, we've been doing this, you know, for 20 years. Is it working? Let's go back to what the word of God says about the situation. And then he goes on and says, calls them hypocrites and, and says, uh, you know, the, the people draw near with their mouths and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. But then in verse 10, he calls the multitude himself, and he said to them, hear and understand this. It's not what goes into a mouth or your mouth that defiles a man. 
but whatever comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Now, this is my favorite scripture because it's not putting ice cream in my mouth that defiles me. <laughs> it may change my image, but not on the inside. All right. Let's look at that again. It's not what goes in to the mouth that defiles man, but what comes out of the mouth. This is defiles man. And the disciples came and said, don't you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? Well, I would think so. Because they were making money on their tradition. Hello, somebody. They were making money on their tradition. You know, they, 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 they had a way of controlling the people. And they didn't want to lose their position of authority. But he answered and said to them, Every plant which my heavenly Father is not planted will be uprooted. Let's just stop there for just a moment. Don't be too concerned about what's going on. Yes, pray. But if it's not God, he'll uproot it. Well, you know the government. I'm not too concerned about it. Because there's no man and no devil and no government that can stop God's plan for my life. Amen? Yeah, we need to pray. Yeah, we need to vote righteously. I agree with all that. But you know, well, you know what's going on. Well, you know what, God, God will, God, God, God's got this. You know, I read this article about, you know, saving the environment by not using plastic bags. And, and I love the environment. And as often as I can, I get paper bags. It's just who I am. I've grown up that way. And I do as much as I can to preserve the environment. I don't throw things out my window when I'm driving down the highway. Unless it's a toothpick. Because I know, I know it'll be dissolved. But other than that, I don't throw anything out. When I see trash on the ground, a lot of times I pick it up. I like the environment. I want to protect the environment. You know, but like this one guy said, you mean you're going to charge me a dime for a bag, cause, a plastic bag, because it hurts the environment, but yet my ketchup comes in plastic, my mustard comes in plastic, my juice comes in plastic, my water comes in plastic, my medicine comes in plastic. Is there anything that doesn't come in plastic? And then there was an article out there that there is nanoparticles of plastic in everything that you partake that you partake out of plastic. But you know what a nanoparticle is? But you know what a particle is? Most of you can't see a particle with your naked eye. In fact, none of you can. So every plant that my father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They're blind new leaders of the line. He said, don't let that distract you. Don't let what other people are doing or their traditions or the way they've been doing things, even religiously, Stop you from seeing your vision fulfilled. You know, when Vicky and I first came to start the church, you know, we had two people tell us, well, that won't work. You know, one pastor friend, you know, very close, we preached at their church. They did single things and ski trips with us and stuff. He just really tried so hard to talk me out. Tom, Tom, man, you got it made here. You got a better job than most senior pastors do here. You know, why, why would you want to... Throw it all away and go to Columbia, Missouri. Well, how many of you are glad that I threw it all away and came to Columbia? I'm glad. Amen. I'm, it was the will because it was the will of God. They were looking at things in the natural circumstances, but we had to trust God, and we had a vision, and we had a purpose, and we had a plan, 
And we couldn't let anybody stop God's plan for our lives. And we're thankful that we're here. We're, we're very, very thankful that we're here. Praise God. And so that's what he said. He said, let them alone. So leave them alone. People are going to say things about, leave them alone. You know, why are people saying this? Leave them alone. Why are they doing this? Leave them alone. Because all that is designed to distract you and get you off focus of what God really has for your life. So stay focused. Somebody tell your neighbor, stay focused. And you stay focused again by not only writing the vision, but speaking the vision. So we have a, a medical doctor here, and he's a, if I'm going to say it right, podiatrist. Is that correct? He's a foot doctor. So somebody comes and says to him, says, listen, I'm having some digestive problem here. Can you help me? Walk it off. You know, his specialty is feet. He and I are in the soul business. You know, that, that's not his expertise. He, he could help you a little bit based on his training, yeah, but that's not his expertise. What's he going to do? He's going to send you to somebody who, you know, you, you're going to distract him. All these people coming with, you know, having digestive problem, and he's not going to be able to see patients that he was educated and trained to see. They'll get him off course. So he has to say, you know, go find, you know, a doctor who specializes in digestive system or, or other things. Because if, if not, they'll distract them. And this is why I'm saying you can do good things, but some of those good things can di distract you from the great things that God's called you. This is why you need to stay focused on your vision. Stay focused on your vision and not only write it down, but speak it out. So in the morning when I'm in prayer, you know, I, and I've been praying this a lot even before I see the pictures, you know. You know, see, now that now I see it, but not, not only am I seeing it, but I'm saying it. And if my conversation is ordered aright, then I have released the salvation of God to manifest it. Mm, is that good stuff? So speak over your vision. Don't let anybody talk you out of what God has given you. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.